offseason is here and Joe Douglas will make a decision that could define his general manager era career in Florham Park. Plus, just when the Jets were the poster boys for tanking, Doug Peterson comes along and makes a fool out of everybody. Sabo Radio on this Thursday following the Jets season finale in Foxborough, which wasn't really pretty. Uh, Makai Becton and Denzel Mims both left the game, which is concerning to me. Listen, when you look at a envision a decade long left tackle franchise left tackle, you want that guy to play. You you can't have a guy that's miss, missing as many plays and games as Becton did his rookie year. Now, it's the year of COVID. It's the year of a short offseason. Everything was chaotic. So it shouldn't be 10 of 10 in terms of uh, being alarmed, but it's something that should be in the back of the mind. You know, Becton played, I think he only missed two games, but he only played 10 full games. There were a lot of games he missed. He left the contest uh, four in total, I believe, where he didn't play the full game. So 10 of 16, not what you want to see, especially when you had a guy like DeBrickishaw Ferguson miss one snap in his entire 10-year career. So it's a little concerning. Is it true that bigger guys have a tendency to get hurt? No, it's not true. Uh, I think Football Outsiders did a study a couple of years ago about this, and it's not true. But Becton's not just big. He's bigger than big. He's enormous. So it's a concern based on the injuries he's had this year, chest, shoulder, I think a high ankle sprain in week 17. And then Denzel Mims also hurt both hammies, hurt one hammy in August, hurt the other one entering week one, kept him out six games, I believe, uh, was healthy the entire way. Until week 17, of course, missed the Seattle game, flying home to Texas for a family emergency, couldn't get back because of COVID protocols, and then exited week 17 with a concussion. So it's a concern, but you shouldn't be overly concerned. It's just something that, you know, you don't want to see. You want to see your draft picks play. You can't afford them missing this much time. And listen, I've praised Joe Douglas's first class over and over and over and over and over again. It's the best draft class since Mangini and Tannenbaum. Legitimately. 2007, most likely. Maybe 2008. It's not better than 07, 06, and it needs more years to properly evaluate. But I'm a fan. I'm a fan of what Douglas did. I'm a fan of his vision. I'm a fan of his character first way, but you got to be fair, got to be objective. Them missing games, missing time is concerning. So the Jets, incredible, unbeatable, two-game winning streak has been snapped at the hands of Bill Belichick and the Pats and Cam Newton, whose shot puts the ball down the field. And Jets finished 2-14. and I believe this is their first 14 loss season ever. Plenty of 3 and 13s, plenty of 4 and 12s, plenty of 5 and 11s. Hello, Todd Bowles. 
Never a 14-loss season. Only the 115-96 team can claim more losses. Of course, the 14-game schedule brought certain limitations in terms of losing a high number of games, so the winning percentage is up for debate when comparing this historically bad team. But the point of the day is to move forward. The point of the day is to understand what the Jets are thinking, what the Jets are wanting to do in terms of the head coach. And Christopher Johnson spoke Monday. Conference call. Douglas spoke Tuesday. Zoom meeting. And it's abundantly clear. Joe Douglas is making the calls. Now, fans freaked out a little bit on Monday in terms of the message sent by Christopher Johnson when Gase was fired Sunday night came out very late. The statement was very complimentary of Gase. The reports that followed had Douglas running point in a trio with Christopher Johnson, Douglas and team president, Jaime Elhai. I'm not sure if I got that last name correct. I always have issues with that last name. We'll call him Jaime. He's best known as Jaime. Woody, still ambassador. He is not involved. That administration is not done yet. So it's Christopher, Jaime, Joe Douglas. This is not... uh, What's the best word here? This is not uncommon. Anytime a head coach or a big hire is made on the football side or sports side, doesn't matter what organization, Knicks, Mets, and speaking of Knicks, I mean, six and four. Another win last night against Utah, Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, he you got to be worried about his usage in terms of players, but man, is he really, he's like a buck show alter to me. You bring that guy in when you have a young team and you want to get a program started right. Um, and that's what the Knicks are doing, and it's tremendous. They didn't even need quickly last night. Peyton was tremendous. Uh, the Mets just acquired Francisco Lindor. I grew up a Yankees fan, but I relate to the Mets fan. Uh, so of all the sports, I kind of, and this is heresy, New York sports heresy, but I kind of like both the Yankees and the Mets. I know, nail me to the cross, but Unlike football, basketball, hockey, that's sort of my mentality. And even in football, you know, even though I grew up a Jets fan, it's the fandom has rubbed off based on covering the team. But we got off the track here. Uh, Yeah, Mets and Knicks, everything that's happening makes me want to talk more New York sports. Maybe we'll venture into that area more with the X Factor brand. Right now, it's just Jets. That's not the plan long-term, so stay tuned for that. But it's not uncommon. And in fact, it would be uncommon if ownership had nothing to do with a head coaching hire. Ownership is always the last line of defense. It's always the guy that needs to sign off on a hire. Joe Douglas knows this. Everyone should know this. But Jets fans freak out because they're worried Douglas's voice won't be heard. They're worried Douglas's voice won't be the last, uh, you know, last line of defense, the last consideration for Christopher Johnson. And that's not the case. 
the quotes given by Christopher Johnson, it, it makes it obviously clear that Joe Douglas is the guy. And Joe Douglas has to be the guy. And if Joe Douglas has his legs cut out from under him, you will find out. You know, Douglas is not a guy, as you could tell with the Jamal Adams trade and everything that's happened up to this point. He's not a guy that'll let his emotions screw business. He's not a guy that'll let emotions screw up the way he operates and screw up a promising career in the NFL. So he, if he's getting his legs taken out, he's not going to outright tell the world. But at the same time, the fans won't be clueless in terms of that fact. Reports will come out. Stuff will start to get leaked out over time, maybe not initially. But if things aren't kosher, for lack of a better word, you will come to find out. So from that standpoint, I would not worry about it. They're going to work in tandem. The Jets always want to preach team play within the front office. And that's fine. As long as Douglas is the final voice and as long as Douglas is the man who is leaned on most. And that's the key. Christopher Johnson, it was mentioned, you know, what type of head coach are you looking for? Are you looking for a CEO type head coach? The anti-Gase, because Gase, and, and it's no secret, Gase was hired for one reason, Sam Darnold. And you cannot hire a head coach for one player. You can't do it. Can't hire a coach for one reason. It doesn't work that way in football. So they're changing courses completely. It makes sense. They're probably listening to Douglas. In Douglas's eyes, this has nothing to do with Gase. This is just the way he would hire a head coach. You want a guy who could cover all aspects of the football team. It's common sense. Christopher Johnson says he doesn't like the term CEO, but does give a hat tip in terms of it makes sense. It describes what they're looking for. Quote, I don't much like the term CEO either, but it does describe what we're looking for. We want a head coach that coaches the entire team end to end and his staff. You don't have to be offensive. You don't have to be defensive. This is a, this is a coach for the entire team. And that's very important for us looking forward. End quote. It's no secret. Gase was the offensive head coach. Greg Williams was the defensive head coach. And to have Matt Rule, the now Carolina Panthers head coach, coming out with quotes last January after being interviewed by the Jets, telling the world he would never be in an arranged marriage, basically telling the world, hey, they had Greg Williams in mind from day one, and we're going to push that guy onto whoever the head coach may be. That's terrible football business. It's awful. And I think Douglas has rubbed off on everyone else. Douglas has rubbed off on Christopher Johnson and the powers that be in terms of how to go about it the right way. Douglas also spoke, quote, I think we're, I think first and foremost, we're looking for a great partner. I think we have a lot of good people in the building. I think we're looking for a person with great character and integrity. I think we're looking for a person that's going to have outstanding vision of what they want, the identity of this team to be moving forward, and then what's the detailed plan on how they want to achieve this identity, end quote. It's the same stuff from Douglas. It's character. It's culture. It's digging into character profiles with Jaime, with Christopher Johnson. 
They've already put out requests for candidates. In fact, it dropped today. They already interviewed Marvin Lewis. I think it dropped yesterday. Yesterday, they interviewed, completed the interview with Eric Bieniemy. They put in a request for Aaron Glenn, Saints DB coach, probably the second best cornerback in Jets history behind Darrell Rivas. Everyone remembers him. If you're my age, you remember the 98 game against Seattle. Uh, Aaron Glenn was one of the better cornerbacks in the league, but Joey Galloway got got the better of him on this day. Got hurt, returned for the playoffs, helped the team get to the AFC title game. Uh, Parcells really turned his career around, Aaron Glenn. When he came in 97, Glenn made his first Pro Bowl and kind of took off from there. But who are they going to hire? Who knows? They also put in requests for other guys Eberflus, again, another name I'm going to have a tough time pronouncing. Eberflus, it doesn't sound right when you say it even. Uh, Robert Sala, is Sala included on the list? I'm not sure. Uh, None of the college coaches, nothing's leaked out. The process isn't as stringent because they're not in the NFL. So that stuff could come quickly in a hurry and come by surprise. Uh, Brandon Staley is another name they put in a request for. Arthur Smith, Brian Dable, and Giants DC Patrick Graham, whom the Giants quickly locked up to an extension. Quote, we're going to cast a very wide net. We're not going to look at just offense, just defense, special teams. We're going to look at everybody. It's important that we find a person with high integrity and outstanding leadership skills and communication skills, end quote says Joe Douglas. It's character games. It's the same stuff from Joe Douglas. It's the reason, and we discussed this on a podcast already, it's the reason Connor McGovern challenged the fan base, challenged you Jets fans, and the reason his teammates rallied behind him leading up to the Rams game. The Rams, who made the playoffs miraculously. I don't know how they did it. Defense got it done without Goff, who's not good anyway. But Kyler Murray, Arizona, terrible job. Um, why would they get this right? Christopher Johnson spoke about that. Quote, let me start with why they should have confidence that we'll get it right, they being the fans. In this room, we're going to have me, we're going to have Jaime, who has been part of the Jets for 20 years, who was a big part of the search for Joe Douglas, and he's highly trusted advisor to both me and Joe. We also have Joe, and this is important. Joe has a lot of background. He has a lot of time in this league. He's well-respected, and make no mistake, he's going to be taking the lead on this. While this is a collaborative effort, his opinion will be taken most seriously. And I think that the fans can feel safe knowing that we're going to get this right, end quote. Is it a departure from a head coaching search with Mike McCagnan? Yes and no. It's still the group mentality, which most organizations would have. But I think the emphasis on leaning on the general manager is is more there this time, as opposed to McCagnan, as opposed to would have been an Idzik if he ever had a chance to hire a head coach. Um, Douglas spoke more, quote, I'm a we, not me guy, and I think that there are a lot of good people that are going to help in this process. I'm looking forward to getting in with Christopher and talking about these candidates, diving into their character profiles, 
diving into their football background and really working together to find the right type of person that can lead this franchise, hopefully for many, many years, end quote. You know, Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville, although that's not locked, we could certainly anticipate it. A lot of rumors coming out already with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, even John Idzik, the aforementioned fan favorite John Idzik is with Jacksonville, which is pretty hilarious if you think about uh, the track and how everyone arrived at this point. But in terms of my candidates, it's it's a crapshoot. Unless I have a chance to talk to these guys and understand their vision, it's really a guess. Let's keep, it's fun to talk about it, it's fun to prognosticate, but Let's keep reality reality. It, it's a guess. It's a complete guess because, and the same goes with the draft. You know, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, you don't have a chance to talk to these guys. What's between the ears, uh, someone's emotional uh, personality, makeup makes a huge difference in terms of what they'll do in the job, what they'll do in the NFL. So, that has to be said up front. Anyone who doesn't say that up front or acknowledge that, they're just playing you for a fool. So it's a crapshoot. I admit that. I think it's important to remember that. But at the same time, here are everyone's top five uh, head coach candidates. I got Matt Campbell, number one. I haven't strayed from that. Campbell, when I look at it, what I want out of, out of a Jets head coach is that CEO type, that true head coach, the guy who has his hands in everything, the guy who can handle all situations, the guy who can motivate players. You know, classic story with Parcells and Corbett. I think Corbett hurt his ankle. I forget the specific injury, ankle or foot. And either in practice or a game, Parcells was behind Corbett and he kicked his ankle. Corbett turned around Purcell said, uh, just making sure you're, you're really not hurt. Just making sure you're okay. Stuff like that. Leaving notes in the guy's locker. Get, getting a guy motivated. That's what coaching is, first and foremost. The X's and O's are critical. But, if you, but the X's and O's could come from a lot of different areas. It can come from the quarterback's coach. It can come from the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. The head coach, yeah, he should have X's and O's experience, expertise, But if he has that and doesn't have the other stuff, the character stuff, the motivational tactics, it's a disaster. And that's what we witnessed the last two years. So I want that guy who has a proven track record of building programs. And this is not the 90s anymore. This is not the 80s. This is an NFL that closely resembles college football. So the crossover between college football and the NFL has never been closer, has never been tighter. So bringing in a Campbell, bringing in a Pat Fitzgerald, it's not insane. It's it's right on par for what the Jets need. This is a young team trying to build a program and never has the NFL and college football been so similar. So number one, Campbell, you, you got to love what he's done at Iowa State. I don't think the Jets are going to get him. Uh, I think he came out with a quote the other day that he has unfinished business at Iowa State. He is biding his time. 
Does he have NFL aspirations? Who the hell knows? Nobody knows. Uh, but he's number one. Number two, Pat Fitzgerald. Again, same kind of guy, Northwestern. He, he has a proven track record for building a team. Number three, and this is sort of a risk, Brian Dayball. He's an offensive guy, X's and O's guy, uh, sort of a stubborn guy. If some of the reports or and quotes you read are true, but after number two, I'm pretty up in the air. Campbell one, Fitzgerald two, Dayball three, Matt Eberflus four, NDD coordinator, and Wink Martindale number five. Shortly after that, I'll, I'll go with Arthur Smith, Eric Bieniemy. Robert Sala, and that probably rounds out the top eight. You know, we're not going to go with uh, Lincoln Riley or any other far-fetched candidates. It's just not worthwhile. You know, there's only so much time in the day. Uh, Nania has Sala, Robert Sala, number one, Fitzgerald two, Dayball three, Ibra Fluss four, Arthur Smith five, Blewett's pretty similar to me, Campbell one, Fitzgerald two, Dayball three, Martindale four, Eberflus five. Don Martindale doesn't sound right to me. It's got to be Wink. And someone said this, was it my dad? He said Wink Martindale was a game show host from back in the day. I have no idea. Maybe he's an old man and he's misremembering, or maybe he's dead on. I have no idea. But Wink does sound like a game show host type name. Sam uh, has Matt Campbell, one Sam is our college football film resident expert who's really breaking down a lot of Zach Wilson fields. Uh, I think he's going to get into Trey Lance too. Campbell one, Fitzgerald two, Salah three, Dayball four, Eba plus five. And, and to be honest, Salah could be my top five very easily. Uh, I don't have a lot of conviction on this. It's more... I trust Douglas. I trust them. I trust him during the process. It's more about the process. When, when you're trying to build a team, build a program, build something, it's about process. It's not about results. You hear Blewett talk about it all the time. Process is greater than results. The process and how you get there when you're watching a rep, when you're watching film, is always more important than results. And that's why head coaching is important. That's why coaching in general is important because a coach who doesn't understand that is a coach who's going to miscalculate. And that's what you don't want to see. So to recap, Campbell one, Fitzgerald two, Dable three, Ibelfles four, Martindale five. You could put Salah in there anywhere at three, four, five. Uh, maybe even Biennemi. Biennemi, everyone freaks out not seeing Biennemi in the top five on any of these lists. The enemy could be a tremendous head coach. We have no idea. But a lot of things are interesting. A lot of things are scary when you look at the enemy. Number one, running backs rarely turn out to be head coaches. You know, we saw Anthony Lynn used to be a part of the Jets under Rex Ryan. He just got fired by the Chargers. Uh, had a good year, had one good year, then two pretty down years. I think he's a pretty good coach. Is he a great head coach? Doesn't appear that way. Rarely are, are head coaches running backs. It's the same in baseball. Rarely are pitchers good managers. Uh, Bruce Bochy, I think, is the exception. I think Bochy was a pitcher. 
uh, who won three World Series with the Giants, but you know, you lean on your catchers in that regard. So position discrimination is, is a very real thing, but that's not even the beef of it. The, the bulk of it is that he's the offensive coordinator for a head coach who calls the offensive plays. It's a killer. Does he deserve credit for Mahomes' development? 100% he does. No question about it. The other conversation revolves around his DUI past at Colorado. This was not when he was a player. This was when he was a running backs coach for Colorado, uh, where he went to school, if I'm not mistaken. Eric sleeping with Biennemi, one of Chris Berman's all-time great nicknames. They also had that scandal there during his time there. And if I'm not mistaken, Biennemi is 100% clear and innocent of that, but still, it's a topic of discussion. There's a past there. There's a history that you have to consider. And he's been out of trouble since, so it's been almost 20 years. It shouldn't define him by any means, but it's another topic of discussion and consideration. So Jets continue to work, searching for that head coach. It's a major major move for Joe Douglas. It could define his Jets career. Coaching is critical in football. You know, managing in baseball, not nearly as important. Coaching in basketball, not nearly as important, especially the NBA, much more important in college and high school. And hockey, I think hockey is probably number two. Football, number one. Hockey, number two. We'll go basketball three, baseball four, but it's close between basketball and baseball. Ah, yes. Those tanking, disgraceful New York Jets. Trevor Lawrence, the prize at the end of the rainbow. Who wouldn't tank for number 16? Your blonde, long-haired savior, your blonde Jesus ready to swoop down from heaven to save a franchise single-handedly. How stupid is that? Other than the fact that there really isn't tanking in the NFL, of course, you know, there are instances, but it's very hard to pull off. Other than that, what a stupid idea to think one person will change the fortunes of an entire organization. It doesn't work that way. This is not the NBA. This is not LeBron James. This is not Michael Jordan. And yeah, the Blazers should still cry over taking Sam Bowie. But that's basketball. This is the NFL. And the Jets, the Henry Ruggs play, everybody remembers it well. Greg Williams, what are you doing? Terrible call. But the simple fact, if you understand football and you understand Greg Williams' past, it was obvious. He's not trying to tank the team it's not an intentional tank job he just brings pressure during nut crunching time that's what he does wasn't good enough for guys in the media for fans and we talked about this i think that was the catalyst that made mcgovern challenge the fan base and the jets teammates rally behind mcgovern to get that win in los angeles after the terrible performance in seattle but moreover You had media members actually telling the world, you can't convince me the Jets weren't trying to tank. Outrageous. The Jets, the poster boys for tanking all season. What a shame. What a disaster. 
Meanwhile, they win two games. They get laughed at for winning two games. The Jags sat everybody. Yeah, injuries were a part of it, I guess. Uh, You can't claim they were tanking outright because of the injuries, but eyebrows should be raised. And just when you thought the Jets were the poster boys, here comes Doug Peterson. Week 17, he literally comes to remind the world what a real tank job is. And folks, what Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth did that night on that broadcast deserves a round of applause from now until May. That was tremendous. You don't disrespect the game like this. And Doug Peterson will not live this down. This will come back to haunt him in the long run. There's no question in my mind. You cannot alienate your players. You cannot alienate your team. You cannot alienate your city to this degree and live to tell about it down the road. Just won't happen. I know he was won a Super Bowl. I know he and Howie Roseman are set. I know they're going to be rebuilding. I mean, they, I guess this was part of the deal. They know they're going to be rebuilding. They know they're going to be bad next year. But still, you don't force your players to not compete. You don't take that away from them. And then you have other people bringing up examples such as, were you okay when the Colts did it in 09 against the Jets? No, I'm not okay. I think that hurt Caldwell. I think Caldwell hurt the Colts very much so that year. They could have went undefeated and instead they lost in the Super Bowl. I think that hurt big time. Peyton Manning was not happy. It reverberated through the locker room. But other than that fact, the Colts were a playoff team. They still had games ahead. That was week 16, I believe, because they played Cincy in week 17. And then Cincy again in the playoffs, the Jets. Here, the Eagles had no game the next week. This was the last game of the season. This was it for them. And in football, it doesn't matter what your record is. If it's the last game of the season, you don't do that. You can't force your players not to compete and think everything's going to be fine. So Peterson, Roseman, they go from the ninth pick to the sixth pick. whoop de doo I mean, maybe it'll matter. I heard Rich Eisen the other day celebrating it, acting like it won't be a big deal and acting like the Jets not getting Lawrence will be a huge deal. Remains to be seen. We'll find out. I think uh, building a football team, a football program, is much more than that, and I think that's more uh, side examples. I think that's more uh, certain, certain things that happen on the way to building rather than the main course. But Peterson, I'll tell you, you know, the media, they got on Philly, and deservedly so. But I just wish everyone would remember this moment the next time a team is accused of tanking for a number one pick. Because, unfortunately, the whole tank topic is very real because it started with the NBA. Because the NFL draft is such big business. Uh, because the NBA draft is such big business, because mock drafts and uh, the tank standings are such big business, it won't go away. And it's the big business of selling hope. Media business is about emotion. Whether you're 
madder than you've ever been, more frustrated than you've ever been, or more happier than you've ever been. That's what sells. That's what generates clicks. The same can be said for hope. And that's what the draft is. But, and side note too, the most, the two areas where you find the most frauds in media are draft experts and fantasy experts. These guys don't know a damn thing. Not all of them, but a lot of them. They don't know a damn thing. They're never held accountable. You know, guys who used to play quarterback love every quarterback. They don't criticize one guy. And then once they fall on their face, everyone forgets about it. So someone should start a website that keeps track of these draft experts, uh, prognostications or fantasy experts, prognostications. Uh, when you're listening to a fantasy expert or, or reading a fantasy expert, read for information. Don't read for what you should do. They're, they're a bunch of frauds in both areas. But moving on to Doug Peterson, the poster boy of the day for this story, Emmanuel Acho. Uh, played three seasons in the NFL, two for Philly. The moment Henry Ruggs scored that touchdown at MetLife, he said this in a tweet. The Jets were trying to lose, and you can't tell me otherwise. December 6th at 4.10 p.m. Uh, another tweet. When was this? Nine, nine minutes later. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but watch this and tell me the Jets weren't trying to lose this game. Cover zero with 13 seconds left, and you spy Derek Carr like he's Mike Vick in his prime. First of all, Acho, you played football. It's not a spy. It's a green dog. Farley, who crept down, was either responsible for the tight end or the back, uh, did a bad job. I agree, it's a terrible call, but it's not a spy. Anyway, he accuses the Jets of intentionally tanking. As soon as the Eagles do it and by the way there's no gray area here the eagles tanked sure you want to see what sudfeld has uh, i guess you could say that but it doesn't make sense because hertz is no proven commodity and in a close game against washington who's playing for the division you want to see what Hertz has first above Sudfeld, a guy who couldn't lead a varsity team down the field on this night. Acho says in the tweet following Philly's game, three points on the Eagles tanking, tanking in quotes, meaning it wasn't really tanking, but everyone's accusing them of tanking. Number one, Hertz completion percentage is the worst in the NFL. After going seven to 20 with one in interception, you could justify his benching. Uh, sure. If Earl Morrow was the backup quarterback. Number two, Sudfeld is a quality quarterback. He's been on the Eagles roster four years for a reason. Should have stopped at number one. Number three, when games are meaningless, coaches get guys reps. Yeah, in the preseason and when you're resting guys heading into the playoffs. Not the last week of the regular season for a four-win team entering the offseason. No, no. And you don't make this comment after you accuse the Jets of tanking just a month earlier. See, this is the mainstream media. The Eagles are a great fan base, like the Jets, where emotion equals clicks. But Acho certainly has a 
different way of attacking this, maybe because of his ties with Philly. And just because he's the poster boy of the moment, he's not the only one who is a hypocrite and who showcases hypocrisy all the time. The Jags fan base, all eight of them, they don't provide that reward. That's why you're not going to see the why Trevor Lawrence spurn the Jags for the Jets. That's why you're not going to see the Shad Khan telling the world he's in charge of personnel, a guy who uh, I don't think watched a football game before 10 years ago. You're not going to see that because the emotion the Jags fan delivers isn't worth writing the story, isn't worth talking about. It doesn't generate business. But in this instance, Acho is just speaking on both sides out of his mouth, and it makes no sense. Uh, I tweeted this, Emmanuel Acho on the Henry Ruggs miracle, quote, Greg Williams intentionally tanked the Jets, end quote. Emmanuel Acho on Doug Peterson quite literally tanking, quote, nothing to see here, end quote. That's the mainstream media, folks. Consume it, enjoy it. Just understand that it's business for clicks, and it's true. No matter what the situation is, people will not be held accountable. The Skip Baylesses, the Achos, the Shannon Sharps, the Colin Cowards, they could say whatever whatever they damn well please to drive outrage, to drive emotion that moment. Because a month from that day, everyone's going to forget. And literally not everyone. You know, they get hammered in certain instances but it's not enough to truly make an impact on their career. The benefit, the short-term benefit they get is never overridden by the long-term negative that comes with being so wrong or being so hypocritical. So, yeah, Jets fans, you have to deal with a season of tanking accusations and even for a lot of you, depression based on not getting Trevor Lawrence. But... Thank Doug Peterson and tip your cap to Doug Peterson for reminding the world what a true, genuine tank job actually is. NFL playoffs this weekend, and it's loaded. Um, Personally, I'm not a fan of the 14-team playoff. I'd rather rather it stick at two buys because I think uh, a lot of guys rest more in Week 17. Uh, the, The races just aren't there. And without two buys, a lot of teams aren't chasing that second buy. So I'd rather them see stick at 12. It ain't going to happen. But I must admit, three matchups on Saturday, three matchups on Sunday is pretty nice. And it looks pretty stacked right now. We'll run through them real quick. Tough to predict these games, but we'll give it a shot. Colts at Bills, 105 Saturday. I'm going with the Colts. The Colts' rush defense is good. They could run the ball. The Bills' defense is not good. It's an issue, especially in the playoffs. I think Josh Allen and Diggs could kill the Colts downfield, but the AFC South is better than the records indicate, I believe. It's not like that for the AFC North, and we'll get into that later. But the AFC South is better, and I see... The Colts doing some damage in these playoffs, maybe getting to the AFC title game. So big upset there. Colts over the Bills. Uh, Rams, Seahawks, got to go with Seattle. Jamal Adams' first playoff victory. Russell Wilson, I know the Rams defense is good. 
I don't trust Goff. Plus, he's injured. So, got to go with Seattle. In Seattle. Bucks, Washington. Give me Washington. The last two 7-9 teams to make the playoffs won their first round game. Carolina in 2014. Right before the season before they made the Super Bowl. And that was Ron Rivera. And this is Ron Rivera. And the Beast Quake run for Marshawn Lynch in Seattle. Was it 09 or 10? Maybe 2010? 2010 makes sense. It's funny. The NFC West was the worst division in football for a couple years there. And then it quickly became the best with Harbaugh's Niners and Pete Carroll's Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Brady, this Bucks team just is strange to me. It doesn't, doesn't seem like a true contender. So give me Washington at home. Uh, these kind of stories happen in the playoffs all the time. They could have been out if Philly didn't tank, but they'll shock the world and win in round one. Ravens at Titans is one that I keep going back and forth on. It makes sense that Baltimore would exact revenge from last year. But then again, Vrabel knows what he's doing, and the Titans could control the line a lot more. I'll go with the Titans and stick to the AFC South theme, but I'm not. This is the game I'm really not confident in because I think Lamar Jackson is due to get that win, that first playoff win. But we'll go with the Titans. Bears at Saints. I don't care how hot the Bears are. Give me New Orleans with Drew Brees back after a few games here. And uh, the Saints should have a real good shot uh, getting deep in the playoffs. Browns at Pittsburgh. Everyone's writing off Pittsburgh. And I think it'll be a close game. I think it could go any, either way. But give me Cleveland. Give me Stefanski over Roethlisberger, who was showing his age a bit. I don't like Pittsburgh's backs. Pittsburgh's O-line isn't really impressing me. I mean, they got a defense. They have a great pass rush, which is great in the playoffs. But Cleveland also has Miles Garrett. As long as Baker Mayfield doesn't do anything stupid, I think Cleveland will win. So that's two road teams, Colts and the Browns, everyone else home team uh, upset with the Colts, the Browns, and Washington. So three upsets, three favorites. And for my Super Bowl picks, I'll go Chiefs and the Saints. I went Chiefs and the Saints last year for ESNY. Uh, Chiefs paid off. Saints certainly did not. They got ousted in the first round. Kamara has been the best player in the league this year, basically. Best fantasy player, at least. After putting up nearly a dud of a season uh, compared to where he was drafted last year. So Chiefs and the Saints to the playoffs. I think the Colts could get to the AFC title game. Uh, but we got to look at the seeding because the Chiefs will be playing the lowest seed. So if the Ravens, if the Titans win, Colts win, and the Browns win, it might be, let's see the records here. Colts are 11-5, and five, Browns are 11-5. and five. Let's look up at the seeding real quick. Because if the Colts and the Chiefs match up in the second round, that AFC title game is not going to happen. Colts and Chiefs that I have in my mind here. Yeah, Colts are the seventh seed, so Colts won't get to the AFC title game. But um, maybe the Titans, maybe the Browns against the Chiefs in the AFC title game. And on the NFC side, I think it will be Saints and Packers. 
or Saints and Seahawks. One of the two. So Jets, first priority, look for a head coach. Uh, Entrust Joe Douglas with that search. They didn't put a timetable on it. Could happen soon. Could happen a couple weeks from now, a few weeks from now. We'll see. Uh, And from there, you know, just enjoy the NFL playoffs. Uh, Next up, after the coach is free agency, the Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Sam Darnold conversation will continue. Keep an eye on Trevor Lawrence. You never know what could happen. Depending on who Lawrence's agent is, as he's officially declared, you never know what could happen in the NFL draft. You never know. An owner such as Shad Khan telling the world he's in charge of personnel is devastating. It, it's, it's a death nail for serious players who, who want to win. So keep an eye on it. Don't expect anything, but understand that it's not a deadlock that he's going to Jacksonville. Uh, check out JetsXFactor.com. Rate and review Sable Radio at iTunes. Check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, all that good stuff. iHeartRadio, I think. And uh, enjoy the playoffs this weekend. Start Saturday, 1 o'clock. Until next time.